Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. the worm at 7.59 in the 8. Well, obviously, it's a.m. It's light out. Sun goes down about, what, 4-something right now. Hey, but it is winter. How about them apples? Well, Kristen Lures on in a, uh, a couple of minutes, correct? We'll get a hold of Miss Kristen Lures and have her on in just a few minutes from CBS 6. Uh, but today is a winter solstice. And I haven't gone to the trouble. Not that it's trouble, but I haven't gone and looked up exactly what time... The sun crosses back north over the equator. If I'm not mistaken, that's the actual, you know, I used to know these things. Uh, that's the actual uh, astrological event that happens. The uh, sun crosses the equator and comes back north. I, I'll double check on that too. You, know, you, get, you start thinking, well, is that right? Yeah, you know, you know that is when you're young and you go, okay, wait a minute, when is it? All right, uh, it's, so winter is, uh, this year is 91 days long because we have uh, leap year in 2024. So February is 29 long days. Yeah, about, uh, what do we got, 24 hours in a day times 29 uh, times uh, 30, 720 hours, does that sound right? Less 24, that sounds like a small amount of hours in a month. That doesn't sound right. And uh, I don't have my phone with me today, so <laughs> I can't quickly add it up. Anyway, bottom line is 91 days for winter. The Super Bowl is on day 52 of winter this year. And on top of that, the nice thing is that's day 52, which means it's got 91. We've got 39 days left in winter when the Super Bowl is played. On top of that, Pitchers and catchers report between day 56 and day 60. So there you have it. Good morning. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN with the Allen, the Hoss, Cub, the Cub on the other side of the glass this morning, and the lovely and talented one and only queen of traffic, CBS 6 traffic with Kristen Lures. Good morning and Merry Christmas. Good morning. 
morning. Merry Christmas. Happy Thursday. Happy, Happy almost weekend. <laughs> you can feel it in the air, the joy. Yeah, there you go. The joy of a few days off. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's what it is, isn't it? Well, no, of course, Christmas is a, uh, a holiday with uh, many, many uh, prongs, many reasons to stop and pause. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for the puppies, it's all with Santa Claus and that. And for those of us that are hopefully have grown out of puppyhood, but I don't know, sometimes I think I've still got the little boy in me. I don't know what it is. I mean, not looking for presents or anything, just, you know, just having fun, trying to have fun in life. So anyway, uh, you got my text this morning, I think around 732. I did. Okay, good. I borrowed the phone from the cub. I left, my, okay. left mine at a Christmas party. <laughs> hmm, it happens. Yeah, yeah I, I have one glass of wine. So it wasn't that. It wasn't anything like that. It was just, I laid it down, and that was it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I know. Anyway, so how are you, you get this to morning? You in, and you get to eating, and you get to, like you said, you're just having so much fun that you, I yeah. can forget it. I mean, shoot, I lose my phone in the house every day, <laughs> multiple times a day. I'm running around, so I get it. Everything's going well. How are you guys? Everything's fine. I can't complain. Cubs good. doing well. I think it's all good. So yeah. I'm off tomorrow, and I hope oh. you you get some time off for Christmas, I hope. I do, and good. I'm off tomorrow, too. Oh, good. Good, yeah. good, good. All right. A, well. a good uh, long weekend to kind of reset and recharge before the new year. There you go. Now you're yeah. talking. Now you're talking. Oh. So anyway, well, listen, I know you've got work to do. I don't want to keep you too long. Uh, but mm-hmm. just yeah, in terms of just overall happiness at Christmas, what, what's the best Christmas you remember? You, you, like as a kid or a you know twenty five year old or you know now with your puppies? Well, I know you're just barely past twenty five. I know that. So uh, you are so right, and that is a Christmas miracle. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> uh, I, I think oh. I had one when I was younger. I don't remember how old I was, but um, we kind of had a. Um, mix and merge family you know we kind of hit his mine and ours so i remember kind of having all of my siblings at the house christmas eve and we turned off the tv and just had the christmas lights on on the christmas tree and we turned on christmas music and it was just kind of nice to sit there with the family just our immediate family so many of my siblings snuggled up on the couch and we were just kind of enjoying the night There, there really wasn't anything special going on it was kind of just the calmness before the actual day of Christmas. So it was kind of the anticipation that made it exciting. Mm. It was the fact that all my siblings were there. It was just it was just really lovely and I just remember feeling very cozy and I can mm. remember the specific Christmas song Felice Navidad was playing oh, okay. and how my siblings were singing it and at the time I don't think I even knew what it meant. <laughs> but <laughs> it you matter. know, now looking back on it, yeah, that that was kind of it. So I hope I set the scene to that very well. It was just yeah you know, summed up into the word cozy. And that's the one that I remember. That's the one when I was younger. Now looking forward to seeing my kids enjoy Christmas. I I can't wait to relive those memories through their eyes. Yeah, there you go. I like that. Yeah, I'm probably one of a few men my age. Actually, I like Christmas music. I like listening to it. Me too. Uh, there's uh, just uh, so many beautiful songs that are out there, and I just—it's just different, you know. You take you, for one month out of the year, or less than a month, or right around that four weeks or whatever, you have a you have Christmas music playing. The rest of the year is put on the shelf, so you only listen to it. And people used to complain about it. What's to complain about? It's nice. It's fun. It's different. So anyway, I like yeah, Christmas it only music too. Once a year, I mean, it's, of course, it kind of puts you in the spirit and. Yeah. 
And if you don't like it, fine, change the station. But still, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a calming yes. for me. It, it, yes. With all the hectic, hecticness and craziness going around the holiday, it just kind of gets me in a peaceful mind. There's one I've heard a lot. Yeah, it is a peaceful state of mind. There's a, uh, I think it's Darlene Love does this. Uh, who um, I think was married to Phil Spector. Now I got to check on that. But he he's the guy that created the sound that was, was called the Wall of Sound music, mm-hmm. and it was just good, heavy hitting, but but good music. And uh, she does a song called Christmas, and uh, background singers and all that, and great music behind it. If you listen to it, it's just Christmas is the name of it, I believe. And mm-hmm. if you if you got Alexa or some uh, some other form of listening to or. You know, put it on your computer, you'll find it, and it's just a very pretty. I think I just like it's not very upbeat. Anyway, I don't mean to drag on, but very upbeat Christmas song. It's it really is different. So if you get a chance, I think you'll like it. Sure. All right. Sure. How about some sports? Okay. Two Super Bowl teams. They Ooh. come up in fifty-four days. Some fifty-two days, as I mentioned, from mm-hmm. today, February the eleventh. Um, who do you now? It's early. This is just for fun. I mean, you know, it's something to talk about. My last day before Christmas. Who do you? Who do you think will make it? Who are your two teams to make it to the Super Bowl? I'm going 49ers Ravens. Mm-hmm. But there you go. The sheet in front of me. I've practically wrote down all the teams, and I'm running <laughs> through each scenario as if it were to happen. Saying, "Hmm, I like the Chiefs. Hmm, could the Eagles hang on? I don't know mm. if they could make a last run for it. I don't know. The hour." Wow, where did they come from? Miami looked great. I mean, didn't they score 70 points this year? Yeah. I got Buffalo. They could probably catch up. Never underestimate Josh Allen. I got the Browns. They're 9-5. and five. The Lions, 10-4. and four. <laughs> I'd like to see Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> so, again, <laughs> now, well, while I have picked the 49ers and Ravens, I have written down other teams that I would like to see make it to the Super Bowl. And like right. I said, I, I'm, I'm, I'm putting them each – there, or at least at the championship game. What what do I have? I oh, it's, it's tough. It's a tough question this well, early. Well, it is. And people ask me, well, who do you think you're going to Super Bowl? I said, I don't know. If I knew that, I'd be in the island somewhere. You know, I'd be calling you ship to shore. I wouldn't be here. I'd be somewhere that's warm, sunny, sand between my toes, palm trees breezing, all that kind of thing. Anyway, um, the uh, yeah, it's, it's it's you know, you just uh, same thing. Right now, they're both number one seeds, and they the number one seeds are the only teams now that uh, that have buys. It used to be you had two teams when they had six, and four would play two winners, and then the two that had bye weeks. When you win, you get a bye week, which is important this time of year, and you have home games only, two home games if you win the first one. Everybody else is on the road, and they haven't stopped playing. So it's a distinct advantage to get the top seed. Uh, you see, you, you like to have uh, uh, tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence. You like to see him. You like to see him. Now, what would you ask him if you saw him? Are you going to win the Super Bowl this year? <laughs> uh, yeah. I'd ask him if he's happy in Jacksonville. I don't think he'll say no, but they, they've been struggling of late as well. Uh, they're in a three-way tie for first now. And okay. uh, they'd lo- I think they've lost two or three in a row. All right, let's see. What else do we have here? UVA got smoked like 100 pounds of salmon the other night. They they just were outplayed. They're, the, the other team, the benefits, had better athletes, quicker. Uh, they, made, they forced Virginia to 18 turnovers, which is usually what Virginia does. So it really just – it just they flipped the script. And they've got smoked by Wisconsin. They've been smoked by Memphis. Now, they had some good wins, and they played some cupcakes. So the deal is, can Tony bid it? You know, make the adjustments to get these guys ready for the skirmishes of the ACC. What do you think? Oh, yeah. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I have all the confidence in Tony Bennett for sure. Uh, it was a tough game to watch. I think I remember uh, turning it on. It must have been pretty close to the beginning. And then mm-hmm. as the game went on, I was like, man, I don't know if I want to watch this anymore. <laughs> so we may have changed the channel. But, you know, one thing that I've always admired about Tony Bennett's play or coaching is that he sets the pace for the game and I didn't feel that against Mm. Memphis it it just didn't seem like you said we were being physical enough Um, gosh it looked looked pretty bad it did look pretty bad that's a great point on your part and that's that's a mm. great point he he tries to set the tempo and he did in that night great point on your part Uh, but yeah I I think he'll he'll uh, shape up the team and, and I think they'll be ready I think that you know, it's still very early. We haven't even hit the beginning of, you know, 2024 yet. And that's when we start to see things come down the stretch, get ready mm-hmm. for March, when yeah. m- most people say that's when it counts is in March. So, yeah, I think that I think that they'll take some mm-hmm. good takeaways from this past game. And hopefully we can see them compete right. a little better in the next game. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they will. They'll play Morgan State a week from last night, Wednesday the 27th. A little Christmas break and that's that. All right, now uh, – which quarterback would you take if you had a must-win game? It's like you always say, what pitcher would you take in the seventh game of a World Series? You know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, people forget about Joe Montana and how good he was, and he was 4-0 in Super Bowls. Um, mm-hmm. Montana, Peyton Manning, or lettuce, tomato, and bacon? Little Tommy choose, Brady. Yes, lettuce, <laughs> tomato, and bacon. I'm going with Tom Brady. Oh, he's just always been, I know. I know it's not that far removed from when he just retired, but you're I mean, killing still, me, Smalls. If there's, ever a, if there's ever a guy in a tough situation that can win a game, it's him. How many Super Bowl championships does I this don't guy know, have? Forty-two. I know forty-two. Yeah, I, mean, it's cool. I don't know. No, I do. He won six and lost. He won seven. Uh, the Patriots won six with him and lost three. And they should have lost. Go. It should have been more like four wins and five losses. They let the uh, Falcons off the hook and they left the uh, Panthers off the hook many moons ago. But hey, that's football. It's sports is reality. Unless the fix is in. So anyway, mm-hmm. but yeah, he won seven Super Bowls. Rah rah rah. Well, nobody's been there more times than him. He gets it. He he understands the pressure. Yeah. What can I say? You keep being right today. <laughs> who, who, who would you choose? Sonny Jurgensen. <laughs> you're wondering. Uh, you're wondering who he is, right? I am. <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was the uh, quarterback for Washington in the '60s and early '70s. And he could sling the pig, let me tell you. That guy had the quickest release. They had no defense. They had no running backs. But he had he made Hall of Famers out of a couple, three receivers uh, that he had. He was uh, He's still alive, but he'll be 90 next year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my. So, anyway, yeah, very good quarterback. Great arm. And had the personality to go with it. So... No, I don't know. I would probably take. I might take Montana. He, he was he was Joe Cool, and you know he played in the Cotton Bowl with a fever of 148 or something like that. And you know they for Notre Dame and they won the game and all that he did in the, in the NFL. You know, hey, look, there's John Candy over there in the stands, and they went on to beat Cincinnati on a drive right there. And it just say, I, there's something about Montana's got the. I mean, you can't argue with any of the three of them. Man, I mean, Manning, yeah. uh, and then uh, little Tommy Brady, and you can't. I mean, you just can't argue with any of them yeah all hall of famers they're all good players all yeah. clutch players yeah all right well i won't keep you more because you got a traffic report coming up about eight twenty six, if i'm right 
I do. You are on the ball. <laughs> I try to be. You uh, you have a wonderful Christmas, you and Artie and your puppies. And, uh, boy, they're, they're growing, though, aren't they? And they're, they're, <laughs> especially oh, yeah, Hennessy. She's getting up there three years old now. Yeah, she yeah. is. Yeah, it's, it's very sweet this time of year. She's singing Santa uh, maybe two times already. So uh-huh. those enjoyable experiences so yeah. far. Uh-huh. And then... Uh, for Austin, yeah, I mean, he probably doesn't remember anything no, right now, but um, no. we'll, we'll keep taking the pictures and show him later, but yeah, yeah. very exciting. Well, good. Merry uh, Christmas to you guys as well. Thank you. It'll be a wonderful morning at uh, y'all's house on Monday morning with the puppies and all. Have a great Christmas. Tell Artie hello if you would, and look forward to talking to you next Thursday. All right, let's talk. Thank you guys so All much. Right. Have a great weekend. Merry Christmas. Talk to you soon. <laughs> you too. Take care. Thank you. Kristen Lewis, CBS 6 Traffic, the one and only lovely in town, the queen of traffic in Central Virginia. We'll take a pause. It's 814. Wide open today. I was going to call I was going to call Mac McDonald, and as I said, I left my phone at a party, and Habo had uh, contacted Mac for me. I don't know what I did. I thought I had Mac's number, but... Uh, Mac, hello, Mac McDonald, and uh, I enjoy having him on because he's always upbeat, positive, and fun. And I thought it'd be good to go in, but I don't have the number because it was in my phone. Doing. <laughs> oh, well, some days you get the bear, and some days the bear gets you. Wouldn't you say that right, Cub? Yeah, it has a different meaning for me, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> well, I'm sure you have a wonderful dad. He's okay. He's okay, the bear. All right. Did I, well, did I see uh, that uh, your twin brother, uh, Jamie King, was wearing a Santa Claus outfit today? Yeah, but if we could not relive that. <laughs> Amen, brother. Amen. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more with you on that one. All right. We're going to take a pause and we shall return. Run a little bit behind, but I wanted to have a nice, relaxing conversation with Kristen and. I know she'll have fun with her puppies and all that kind of thing. So, anyway, um, Merry Christmas to everybody. It's uh, it's a time and it's really a time to sort of slow down. I think you know. Been remember what it's about. Remember as adults what Christmas is about. But hey, we all have our own feelings, beliefs, and all that. I'm not going to tell anybody how to live or what to do. But uh, I just know it's time to sort of slow down. You know, it's a nice. Uh, uh, you know, it's like the constellation Gemini. You have Thanksgiving, and a few weeks later you have Christmas. And they're right there in the sky next to each other, the constellation Gemini. So there you have it. Um, we, I don't talk a lot. Well, let's save that till we get back. We really, I need to get to a pause. We need to get to a pause. I'll, I'll talk. I'll mention this when we return. Feel free to give a call. This is my last day. I want to, well, at least for uh, this week. Yeah, make sure you clarify that because I get it a lot of texts. It, it doesn't and- matter. Maybe it'll be my last day. Period. Uh, anyway. I mean, I'm not worried about it one way or the other. Uh, it, it's my last day for this week. That much I do know. Um, and I'll be back next week. Uh, so I'll figure out the day by the time we get off the air. Uh, so uh, it, we'll, we'll get to a pause here. But feel free to call in. 327 is our number. Talk about anything you like in the world of sports or Christmas. Or, you know, I asked uh, Kristen Lewis her best memories. And she had a very stinked, distinct, and... Uh, and a very sharp memory of uh, what she considered her best Christmas. I was impressed. You know, I can't remember what I had for lunch. Oh, I did. I did. I had a wonderful steak and cheese with potato salad at uh, Steak and Cheese Sandwich, like a Philly, Philly cheesesteak. I say, at Gus's Italian Cafe and Sports Bar, Harris Square Shop Center. It was delicious. All the food is delicious. 
And we had a good crowd out there yesterday, a lot of fun. All right, we'll take that pause. Uh, give us a call, 327-0888. I'm Big Al. This is Sports Run on 1061 ESPN. we got the Cub, Alan the Cub, on the other side of the glass. Stay with us. Ring the phone. It's Greeny, starting at 10 o'clock after Sports Phone with Big Al on 1061 ESPN. Streaming live on the iHeartRadio app. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Yuletide carols. Being sung by choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows A turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tops Yeah, there you go, man. The, with their the great Nat King Cole. Man, he gets sick, couldn't he? Yeah, the smooth voice. Did I like you, it. Were you here the other day when we were talking about Bro- uh, Brooke Benton? No. Nah, Rainy night in Georgia? No. Oh, man. You ever heard of him? Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> my musical range is, is very uh, old school for a guy my age. But, you know, we had the record player and yeah, there you go. the brown paper bag mixes and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm familiar. That song he sang on Rainy Night in Georgia about as soulful as it gets. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> Man, I tell you, you feel that man in a box car with the rain coming down. You can feel yeah. the hurt. Yeah, you feel the hurt. <laughs> All right, the um, just it was early signing day. Eh, to me, it's uh, you know, you, in the National Football League, you have thirty-two teams, and you have you get seven picks. Now you can trade, get more. You can trade, get less, but they're given seven picks, uh, and so that comes out to uh, two hundred and what twenty-four, I believe. If I'm doing math right, so that's all that's picked. Now they got compensatory picks too for players you lost of value in a uh, free agency move. That you get compensatory picks, so you might get. Uh, I mean, Brock Purdy might have been number two fifty six or something like that as Mister Irrelevant. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so that's it. So you get. Uh, you know, if it gets up to about two hundred fifty, just keep it even. Um, You've got 133 Division 1A FBS teams, correct? 133. And now, let's just say the average sign is 15, and that's low. Because Georgia had 28 commitments yesterday, 28. And see, this is what's funny about, about to me, the um, way these things – co- I don't pay a lot of attention to recruiting day, signing day. In uh, for high school to college, I just don't, because you've got 133 teams. <clears throat> if they have just 15, and again, I'll tell you, Georgia had 28 yesterday commits, and uh, and and that, but all the information bounces back and forth. I printed one thing this morning at 7:46, and it said Alabama and Nebraska win the day. Alabama and Nebraska win the day. I guess that includes the transfer portal. Because that's a big part of it. Uh, but it says they win the day. Now, and this is under signing day analysis, uh, Alabama, Miami, Nebraska, 
Uh, Texas Tech Red Raiders, Ohio State. Losers. Now listen to this one, dog. There's one thing that's reporting up here. Mo, most top 247 recruits. 18 uh, for the Bulldogs. 28 total. And 10 were in the top 100. Anyway. Losers. The headline is Georgia. All right. And then on the, on the screen from me right now, college football recruiting ranking. Georgia locks up number one class for 2024 cycle on National Signing Day 2023. You got best here, loser here. What? What, see, that's the thing. what do you how do you make heads or tails of this? Well, it's a little bit of an overreaction because um, <coughs> Georgia lost the number eight overall recruit to uh, Nebraska, but. As I was just telling a friend of mine, it's not really losing. His dad's at Nebraska, and, and it was always kind of a, a chance that he would switch over because he wants to play around his dad. I mean, that makes sense. Well, sure. So why not? But then down here it says, they, re, they uh, Kirby Smart and Bulldogs, top-ranked recruiting class, because they flipped five-star D-back K.J. Bolden from Florida State. At the opening of the early signing period, Georgia secured a class score of 315.33. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, don't, I don't think anybody who actually follows the recruits would ever consider <laughs> Georgia a loser in this recruiting class. Well, a loser in the sense they did not sign a, uh, I guess they want to get a quarterback, top-rated top rated passer, but uh, they didn't get who they wanted. Well, their guy's coming back next year, yeah, too. So is. I'm like, they don't have any incentive. They're fine with that. That's probably why he actually left, because Beck is coming back. Um, yes, he is. And he's returning next season. And then they want to sign another quarterback. And last year they missed out on Arch Manning. So. Now, now Archie's a little bit of a – like, that was out of their hands, too. It was ambitious. But, yeah, yeah, that, his family's influence kind of dictated that. Well, Southern Cal, they say, is an underwhelming class. A reflection of the Trojans' extremely underwhelming second year under Coach Lincoln Riley. And then the Big 12 is a, overall, is a, is, they say, is a loser. <clears throat> I don't know why. They've added teams. They still have good teams in there, but anyway. So it's, that's, I, mean, I don't pay a lot of attention to, to that. I just, I just don't, and that's my reason why. Because there's just too much zigging and zagging and going and coming and who struck John and everything else in between. So I don't pay much mind to it. <clears throat> and here's one. Boy, I did my eyes light up when I saw this news story. Man, I said, Good golly, I guess I'm not all wrong about this. You know, we're talking about your boy, your boy, Fruitcake. Who's, you know who Fruitcake is? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. As a writer for the USA Today, Nancy Armour, her name is, she says, uh, once in a season marked by unpredictability, one certainty has emerged. Aaron Rodgers is a good a self-promoter as he is a quarterback, maybe better, <clears throat> promoting himself. P.T. Barnum, never give a sucker an even break. He's a diva. He's a prima donna. It's all about him. Me, 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 me. He's like he's warming up his vocal cords to sing. So anyway, it's, uh, I feel like I've been validated now when a national writer talks about his self-promotion. <laughs> what do you think? 
You like Rodgers, I guess. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Aaron Rodgers off the field. I respect his talent on the field, but yeah. but if if this is coming from an angle where we're going to blame him for the Jets' issues at quarterback, then no. I'm, I'm I'm on board though. I really think his influence is why they didn't go out and get somebody else, man. Like they didn't want him to feel threatened. It, it makes no sense. And you know, somebody brought it up uh, a couple days ago, but you look at all these other teams who've had injuries to their quarterbacks. Yeah, look at the Browns. Look at the Browns. And they were able to go out, get Flacco. He was on the practice squad. But they made moves, and they're in a position to still make the playoffs. And you're telling me the Jets couldn't do that? It makes no sense other than because they didn't want to upset Aaron Rodgers and make him feel threatened. Well, there you go. That's part of his self-promotion diva yeah. prima donna. So I'm, I'm on board. I, yeah. I think that's accurate. Yeah, I, I think it is too. I mean, they've got a good defense, but not great. They've allowed 299 points, which you know is not – over the top, there a lot of teams have allowed a lot more. A lot, a lot of teams, including the, their opponent Sunday, the Mule Skinners, four twenty three, the Mandies, the Washington Mandies. That's a you know nicknames can evolve, um, and uh, it's evolved from Commander to Manders. A lot of people call them just the Manders because Commander's too long of a name, and uh, and so you can take it one more and just make it even shorter. Call them um, uh, Mandies. And they can put freaking Barry Manilow on their side of their helmets. That's the way I feel about that. You know who Barry Manilow is? Yeah, I know Barry Manilow. Good songwriter. A lot of songs. He did a lot of jingles back here, like for American Bandstand stuff in the late 50s and early 60s. He's the, he he's the voice of, of uh, Westgate <laughs> Casino, too. Don't know that <laughs> if, one. If you call down there, that's what you get when you're on hold at every Westgate uh, facility. Barry Manilow on the elevator, on the phone, everywhere. I don't know Westgate. I do, unfortunately. <laughs> you cannot know him if you want. But I think they should put his face on the side of their helmets. The Mandies. <coughs> I was always told the song was about a dog. Who knows? So anyway, I'm glad to see Nancy Armour, who I'm not a big fan of. But at least she is... Uh, uh, she, she's written about the self-promotion of Rogers. She says, a tip for Rogers. Free speech does not mean... What you think it does? It means the government cannot silence you or take away or take measures to limit your ability to promote your lunatic theories. <laughs> it does not mean society cannot ridicule you. Thank you for your arrogance and ignorance. She takes it one step further. Arrogance, prima donna, diva, arrogance, and ignorance. I like it. I like that. I have to email, uh, text or email her. I like that one. <laughs> Oh, well, let's, uh, let's move on. It is 8.32. We need to take a pause. Feel free to call in. Uh, wide open today. Like I said, I was going to get Mac McDonald. Hobbo uh, uh, was kind enough to contact him. And, and I, I don't know. I'd lost uh, McDonald's number somewhere along the line. I don't know where. But he texted me yesterday, and I was going to call him. And I left my phone somewhere at a party last night. So, and it won the – I mean, I think I had one glass of wine. That was it. So, it wasn't like I was stumbling, bumbling, and rumbling out of my house. Quite the opposite, and I just laid it down. Forgot to pick it up. So you kind of all of a sudden you're lost. Like I didn't have Kristen Lure's number. <clears throat> you had it. <clears throat> had to use your phone to text her, and uh, and give her the topics for today, <coughs> which she hit out of the ball yard on all of them. So that being the case, uh, <laughs> you kind of feel like a man without clothes on a stage. You know, if you don't have your phone, you can't t- do this, do that, you know, things you normally do with it during the course of a, a show or during the course of a day. But hopefully I'll get a little, little bit later. All right, stay with us. We're here. We're live. We're talking sports until 
10 o'clock. The NFL season is in full swing, and we don't want anyone to forget. We have NFL coverage every Sunday afternoon, as well as every Dallas Cowboys broadcast. Here on your home for sports in the River City, 1061 ESPN Richmond. Traffic reports on 106. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells swing and jingle bells ring. Snowing and blowing a bushels of fun. Now the jingle hop has begun. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. Jingle bells chime and jingle bell time. Dancing and prancing in jingle bell square. In the frosty air. Yeah. What a bright This day, jingle bell rock. Well, football begins tonight. Just runs all weekend. I mean, we've got bowl games. We have the NFL. Uh, let's see now. We've got state. Hey, uh, hey, Al, real quick. I got a question for you, man. What, yeah. What's up with the NFL and the NBA competing on Christmas Day? Why do they do that to us? It's not competition. <laughs> NFL dominates. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't – well, I mean, the yeah, NBA beca- can't move their games. Because it's on a Monday this year. Okay. And next year will be on a Wednesday because of leap year on uh, February 29th this year. So the NFL will not have games next year on Christmas Day. This, okay. is, this is very rare. Okay, yeah, that's it, what I was rare. thinking too. Um, I mean, then the following year will be on Thursday, then Friday, then Saturday, then Monday again because the leap year will come back up in 28. So this is so this is all just because it's a, it's a leap year. I mean, it'll be a leap year next year, and they'll be playing on Wednesday. So this is just a sometime thing. So my favorite Christmas memory, I'm going to drop it on you right now because it's in, it's related to football. When I was a kid, I never got to watch Niner games. They were always on Monday Night Football, and it was my bedtime. <laughs> So I never got to watch. The only time I got to watch a Niner game was on Christmas break on a Monday night because they would always play the Giants around that time. Mm-hmm. So that would be the only time I would get to stay awake and watch. So all my favorite Christmas memories revolve around watching the Niners. <laughs> I know it's a sad uh, life. Man, I'll tell you what. They, they, well, they had, they had sports bars back then, didn't they? I, maybe, I don't maybe. know. Yeah, well, you're 38, so you're a kid, so yeah. you're like uh, eight or nine. Yeah, we're talking like early to mid 90s yeah yeah and my yeah, father where the mulligans were around the uh, uh those brothers put together a couple of, yeah yeah it would have been tough to get there and see them though you had to get somebody to take you there at that age yeah i only had one uncle that was cool <laughs> enough to do that <laughs> there you go. the uh, uh to wrap up on rogers in this uh, column by nancy armory usa today <clears throat> a couple of things i highlighted during the pause there um uh it, no matter not playing is what she says. He wasn't playing. He wasn't going to play. It had only been 14 weeks since the surgery. and Even the most elite athlete takes at least five months. So there you go. That's 22 weeks. <clears throat> so to keep – but Rodgers was committed. And this is what I used to always say to Robert the Bruce. Keeping himself in the spotlight. I, me, mine. Me, me, it's about me. And uh, he uh, – <sighs> I don't know. He just uh, he complained about free speech. We talked about not uh, uh, you know COVID and I'm not taking the medicine. That's fine. That's fine. There's no problem with that. You can have free speech. You can do whatever you want, say whatever you want in that regard. Um, 
he, he styled himself as a free speech war. And then she writes, as a tip for Rogers, free speech does not mean what you think it does. It means the government cannot silence you or take measures where they're not supposed to. Let's, let me go back and <laughs> say that. They're not supposed to silence you or take measures to limit your ability to promote your lunatic theories, which, of course, is what fruitcake does. It does not mean society cannot ridicule you for your arrogance and ignorance. And then she goes on to write this. <clears throat> every quarterback, and she says, every actually every elite athlete has an ego. They wouldn't be where they are if they didn't. People say people, uh, those of us on radio have an ego. I do tongue-in-cheek in the sense of the opening of the show, the voice of reason and the dean of Richmond Radio. I mean, that's it's, it's like Limbaugh. It's all tongue-in-cheek. I said to you earlier, we, I mean, Bill Drake's been around longer than I have, and so we got to just we'll change that, but... Voice of reason, I'll still go with all you because know, after all, I am. <laughs> you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, they wouldn't be where they were if they, you got to have an ego to play you know, a sport at a high level. But Rogers seems to have a larger need than most to be the center of attention. I hope Robert the Bruce is listening this morning because this is exactly what I've been saying. And she, boy, it's great to get validation for a national sports writer. Um, he went on his darkness retreat, stayed in darkness for four days. Okay, I'd probably get a board. I'd probably come out like Daffy Duck or something. Uh, for that, I, mean, I was 42 hours underwater to raise money for the Boys and Girls Club back in 99. And uh, uh, came out of that a little, little bit whack. But anyway, uh, anyway, uh, he, 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 she says this perfectly choreographed entry for the Jet season opener that would have been over the top even if he hadn't previously expressed doubts about 9-11. <clears throat> it took shots at Travis Kelsey because his girlfriend outshined him <clears throat> excuse me, in New York at the stadium. So anyway, let me wrap this up. But I mean, it's just uh, it's nice when you get validated. So that's the thing there. Um, yeah. Let's see. Rodgers managed to keep himself squarely in the spotlight this entire season, despite being on the field for all of four plays. By that measure, his recovery was a smashing success. That SOB can't stay out of the spotlight. God, dog, I can't wait till he retires and we ain't got to listen. Oh, come on TV. And he'll say, oh, I'm coming back again. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Go climb Kilimanjaro and call collect when you get to the top. How many people actually care about you? Not, not as many as you think. All right, that's just my that's my gripe for the day. Uh, but <laughs> Merry uh, Christmas. Thank you. It is Merry Christmas. When, when I see, I saw that column this morning. I was like, "Holy smokes, I like this." So anyway, his self promotion. I have to mail this to uh, Robert the Bruce. So anyway. Um, Let's see. Officially, the Pac-12 is the Pac-2. Probably not till July one. I think usually that's when teams or colleges colleges um, uh, their fiscal year begins. It's usually July one, like uh, when Texas and Oklahoma two years ago, or coming up on two years, said uh, we're leaving, and they said it'll be July one of twenty. Four, so uh, I think they're still Pac-12 all through the spring sports, uh, but the, <laughs> the times they are, are changing and the things they are, are doing, and uh, 
the, the paper day has a good history of the uh, realignment. I, I still say that uh, that the ACC was grabbing straws with uh, taking SMU, the Mustangs, down in Dallas, out in Dallas, and then ridiculously getting the crumbs with the Pac-12, Stanford, and Cal. Now, as far as academic institutions, uh, they're top-notch are Stanford and Cal. Excellent. Uh, Burke, Cal, Berkeley, and, uh, and Stanford are just outstanding bastions of, uh, of uh, what education and wisdom and you know, that type of thing. They're, they're very good academic institutions. And so that's a plus for the ACC, but hey, will that get viewers? <laughs> Palo Alto's a long flight, Jack. And so is Berkeley, right across the bay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it was a, a slight business move, too? Because now you have a pipeline in Texas and a pipeline on the West Coast that you didn't have before you added these universities. Pipeline for getting players in those schools? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, it had been best for Cal and Stanford to stay in the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 to stay together. Well, that imploded and they had no choice. So I don't know if that's going to help them. If you're in California, Oregon, Washington, and Nevada, Arizona, and Stanford, Cal, joining the ACC, it might be kind of like, well, who cares? First of all, they're going to be playing three hours. You know, a one o'clock game is going to be at ten. A three o'clock game will be at noon, and it bites in the middle of your Saturday. So if you know if they're playing on the East Coast, eh. hey, listen, there's two sides of the coin in that regard. For sure, is what I think. I mean, I lived, uh, I lived on the Stanford campus, campus back in 75. Didn't take any classes. I just had a, a, a guy's van to live in for a week. <laughs> hey, it's a good experience. Life experiences. It's nice. I had a van. So yeah, you can live. You can sleep in there. So you were ahead of the game, man. You had an Airbnb before it was fashionable. You should have yeah. invested in that. A, a VW van with New Jersey plates. <laughs> Yeah, in Palo Alto, California, on the Stanford campus. It doesn't sound suspicious at all. No, <laughs> no, no suspicious. The only thing you might be suspicious about is myself and a guy I made friends with and work with out there went to see Patty Hearst in jail up in Redwood City. Cops were like, no, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then writing down my Virginia license plate. So anyway, <laughs> no Patty Hearst for you. So anyway, I just, I just think the ACC... Uh, the Big Ten had taken four. The Big uh, Twelve had taken four, and it just boiled down to we got to do something here. Pack Twelve has four teams left, and then where'd you throw SMU in from? Yeah, that's the other thing. That's an old legacy, though. I I am one of the <laughs> folks that that still want to see SMU thrive. I feel like they got a. Short end of the stick when they got that death penalty a while back. They got it a while back. You're right, the Mustangs, and they do this like that. And yeah. That's their thing. NIL before NIL, man. Again, hit a hit of the game. Well, there are coaches that did a lot of that, and now they'd be fitting right in. They say, damn, I, can't, I got here too early to this party. So anyway, I don't uh, – it's not being negative. It's just questioning why, and then they get the crumbs. I mean the big uh, Big Ten and the and the Big Twelve didn't get crumbs. They got the meat and potatoes and the broccoli with hollandaise sauce or whatever it is your lobster tail and the fillet, whatever it is you like. They they got those. I mean you get Southern Cal and UCLA. Hello Betty, 
you get you're getting the cream of the crop in the Big Ten, in my opinion. UCLA. Then they, of course they added Washington and Oregon, right? Yeah, Washington, Oregon, and they got uh, they got Southern Cal and UCLA. And do the do schools really care about academics when it comes to getting your football league straight? It depends yeah. on who you talk to. <laughs> yeah, you go to the you know board of regents. You go to the you know the president of the school. You go, but I mean, I, yeah, I still this the term student athlete is like eating a, out of a bag of ashes for me. You know, you got your ashes from your fireplace. You put them in a bag. You do whatever you do with them. Sprinkle, sprinkle on your grass, your lawn. It's like eating a handful of ashes. Well, I, I will say on, on my experience was that uh, that student part got me in a lot of trouble my first <laughs> semester. <laughs> Not the athlete part. No, you were an athlete, and I just say uh, I just you know shake my head. Stu- I mean, like Zion Williamson, and I'm not picking him out. I'm not singling him out. And here's a guy, and there are other guys that are, they know they're going to the NBA in the spring in the June draft, right? They know they're going. I mean, I, I'm that good. They're going to pick me, and I ain't sticking around for a year or two. Now with the nil, you got Benko from Richmond down there in North Carolina. He stay as long as he can because he's, he's making good money down there. Why not? Yeah, it, it works for guys like that for sure. Uh, but you think Zion Williamson took classes in the second semester of his first year at Duke? I mean, based off his last interview where he could <laughs> pronounce <laughs> some of the words, I'm going to say not really. Uh, he didn't. I, 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 I could be dead wrong. Don't know. I've never met him. Haven't talked to him. Not gonna. Uh, but the bottom line is, I don't. Th- I would put money on if you could do such a thing and prove it. I would put serious money on the fact that he probably did not go to second semester classes. He passed the first semester. Maybe ducked in on a couple classes to make it look like he's in school. But you know, I wouldn't think that he went there. I mean, he was on campus or lived off campus. But anyway, I digress. We're getting way off. We need to take a pause. It's already 8.52. Give a call. Talk a little sports about everything that's going on. Bowl games this weekend. State games. The state teams are in bowls. Three remaining in pro football. I don't do a whole lot with the the, uh, signing day business because there are so many players, at least 2,000 high school players taken. With the NFL, it's maybe with the extra compensatory picks, it might be about 250 It's a little bit different cream of the crop. And it's probably, for the colleges, if you just take the 133 teams, multiply by 15 picks, you know, you come up with 1950 So there's over 2000 like I said earlier, you look at Georgia, they have 28 commitments, not picks, 28 commitments this year. That's one school. So the the big dogs pluck a lot. All right, we'll take a pause before we run into the next hour. Stay with us right here. 106.1 ESPN. I'm Big Al. Sports phones the show. 327-0888. The Cub on the other side of the glass. All season is 106.1 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. Rocking around the Christmas tree at the Christmas party hop. Oh man! Sometimes I get a get to yakking, get to a yakking, and uh, we're right up against the top of the hour here. So that's because I just get 
you know, it's, I like to I get passionate about these things, talking about these things. You want, you want that video real quick? <laughs> the video? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Slap it on me. All right, here we go. Just listen to what he says. All right. I think we kind of went into the game, too, like a Zagazogle. I think we kind of went into the game, too, like a Zagazogle. <laughs> He's trying hey, to say lackadaisical. Yeah, well, listen, yeah, I, I can butcher the word cat sometimes, so I'm not going to be critical of him. That was Zion Williamson. I'm not going to be critical because Lord knows I can butcher a name. I can butcher a word. I mean, there's no doubt about it. So, uh, you know, you can be taught those things or you can, uh, you know, look them up and see how to pronounce words. <laughs> you can, actually. Oh, I do that sometimes, you bet. You know, just go to the go on your phone or online. You see how to, what's the cor- correct definition and, and pronunciation. All right, we're out of time for this hour. We shall be back right at the top of the hour here on 106.1 ESPN. 327 0888 Cub on the other side. I'm Big Al, Sports Phone. <laughs> 